Greetings, everybody. Welcome to episode 143 of The Glow, coming at you on Facebook Live right now, 11.30 a.m. Eastern in the state of Pennsylvania today. My name is Brian Piergrossi, author of The Big Glow and The Wild and Now, life coach, retreat facilitator, online workshops and courses. Really great to be with you. Really great to have you here. Really enjoying what we've been doing here. Really enjoying the sense of community that's been opening, that's been arising between us. It's been really beautiful, uh, really sweet to enjoy, and really fun. Fun being key. It's like this chance to, there's these amazing people that I don't often, often enough get a chance to speak to. A lot of them are close friends. One of them today, Val Tignini, who is uh, be joining us just a moment and sharing about um, Kundalini awakening, amongst other things that may arise and come into being in our discussion. Um, but it's just a really beautiful chance to um, have these conversations together and, and be in conversation together. So kind of the inspiration to the shift that's happened in the past month or so is <clears throat> I had this idea of doing a podcast and bringing it in together. Welcome, Cheryl. When you're entering, everyone, please say hello and share where you're from and and uh, hit, hit the heart button or the wow button. It's good to have everybody coming in, coming into being here with us. Welcome, Vicky. So... I had this vision of doing a podcast and bringing together guests that um, would be really interesting to, to talk with and connect with. And the idea was, uh, I was going to call it, um, uh, what was I going to call it? Um, Outlaws of Consciousness. Outlaws of Consciousness. What a great name. So what I did is I combined that idea with the Facebook Live series I've already been doing. And... bringing on people who are outlaws of consciousness, essentially, to be a part of what we're sharing here together. And I would have these really great kind of um, just expansive, heart-opening, consciousness-opening, mind-opening, mind-expansive conversations with people. And a sense that I think a lot of people have of like, well, wouldn't it be great to be able to kind of like share this with people? I wish people could hear this conversation right now. This is such an amazing conversation. And so I started doing it and starting to just, you know, get it out there. And what's really fun too, an element that is unique about this, at least as far as what I've seen, is that... It's live. So there's a sense of being alive together and being present together in the same space that just brings this other level of excitement. You know, this other level of um, uh, just energy, you know, a little, a little of energy. So it goes out on um, iTunes. It goes out on um, SoundCloud. It goes out on YouTube. It goes out on 
um, bunch of different places, Stitcher. But then we have it here live, so you can hear it recorded in the archive, but you can hear it live as well. So, hey, Val. Val's here, so she'll get her on just a moment. I wanted to share a couple things about this weekend and beyond. Um, so this weekend we're doing a retreat in Asheville, North Carolina, and um, we're going to make our way down there shortly for another beautiful road trip. I-81 South, beautiful drive through the mountains if you haven't uh, – experience it before especially this time of year it's really beautiful springtime and we may be able to squeeze like one or two people in for the retreat this weekend the big low retreat the four levels of love annie's here she'll be uh sharing yoga john stringer kathy stringer welcome zoe where are you from zoe will be joining us so that's exciting we have a retreat in italy which val's done a retreat in italy as well i've done two retreats in italy so we can talk about that today um, that's a six-day retreat in June, June 23rd, 29th. And we just announced a retreat in Stockholm, Sweden, which we're really excited about, June 17th to the 18th. So there's some upcoming events. We also have a New Year's retreat we announced in Gainesville, Florida, and uh, more things to be announced soon. So stay tuned for that. You can always join us tomorrow, every Wednesday, for the Secret Glow, a private community Facebook where we get deeper and share some accountability stuff. Hey, Val, make sure your camera is on. I think it, it needs to be um, this way. What is it? Vertical, like mine. I know that was a problem with the previous guest, Sean. So, um, so yeah, that's coming up, and that's exciting. And then some also some really great guests coming on here, which I'll share more about um later in the week i'll share more about uh some of the upcoming guests that are coming on and who they're going to be welcome phyllis welcome everybody thank you so much for for tuning in and and, and being here val's here so as soon as our camera's on we're going to get her on and, and and chat with her one of the things that we uh one of the things that we Got the invite, and did that work? No. Oh, great. Yeah, thanks for saying that, Vicky. One thing that you can do is you can share this. You click the share button. You can have other people join the conversation, and that's a totally um, something that's easy to do. Just click the button, and people are here to hey. join us. Hey, Val. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I didn't, didn't. I don't know how to get on here on Facebook. I know to do it on Instagram, but I think you had to send me the invite. Yeah, well, glad you're here. You made it. Great to see you. Is there anything Great. off my computer instead of my phone? Sorry, what's that? Is it, does it have to be on the phone? Or uh, could it be done no, on the computer as well? It could be on the computer. Yeah. I think either oh, way. Okay works okay because i have like 34 percent battery oh well if it gets low <laughs> we'll just figure something out at that time okay but uh yeah it's good to see you in uh new good jersey val's in new jersey yeah yeah this is really we have these the longest conversations we lose track of time yeah so we decided to share those <laughs> share it with the world um and anytime anybody wants to share a question or a comment, feel free to share. Anytime you're a part of the, you're a part of the conversation. Um, 
we were talking about the weather and how the weather is kind of crazy, like sort of all over the world. Um, Jennifer says, happy Shirot. How do you say this? S-H-I-R-O-N. Chiron? Yeah. What is that, Jen? What is that, Jenny? Hi, Jen. What is that? <laughs> What's a Chiron day? Chiron day. We'll find out. But we were talking about the weather and how the weather is like really unpredictable. It's like in the Northeast, it's like 85 or 90 on Sunday. And then it's like 35 on Monday. And uh, yeah, yeah, blizzards in mid-April. And we're, you know, it's not just America. It's the whole world. Like we're all going through this, this chaotic weather. Uh-huh. So what did Jen say? By the time Sharon has finished Whoa. this journey in Aries. She must have pasted that in. She couldn't have typed that all that that fast. We are all. <laughs> you want to read it? Super fast typer. Yeah. I can't read it all right now. Yeah, there's a lot there. It's a planet in horoscope. It's a planet in the horoscope. Oh, in the zodiac. In the zodiac. I think zodiac. Uh-huh. So happy Chiron. Chiron. Day. Happy Chiron. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so back to the weather. Uh, I think, you know, everybody is, is fed up with this weather. Mm -hmm. Especially the, it's not even just like consistent. It's. It's all over the place. It's manic. Yeah. It's like a erratic. It, it feels. It feels like, you know, we're we're trying to, especially here in the Northeast. I mean, you're now in living in the Northeast too, but you don't know whether to keep, take out your sleeve shirts and shorts or your sweater and snow boots. Yeah. It's not like it's complete opposite, um, and I think. You know, we were talking about this before, that there's something happening on the planet where they say it's a pull shift, where our um, cold, you know, our cold, cold weather places are becoming warmer and our warm weather places are becoming colder. And so I guess everything in between gets kind of like the, you know, we get the mixed, <laughs> the mixed weather. Uh, but yeah, this, this happened like, they say it was like happening like 800,000 years ago, mm. last time this happened. Wow, that's a long time ago. Yeah, there's yeah, this so theory. It's a long time. There's this theory because the earth is getting warmer, generally speaking, every year for I don't know how long, 100 years or something like that. I'm definitely, you know, average, uh, generally speaking. But there's this, there's this theory that it, it's going to reverse itself and we're going into actually an ice age. That's and right. And you were, you were kind of explaining it to me because I forgot. I, I remember hearing it one time and I'm like, well, it makes sense that that's like possible. So We it's are. Like you know, one time. Go ahead. Yeah, we are. One time I had, um, I went into this deep um, state, uh, Samadhi state, and I saw visions of the future. And I saw that I would be wearing long sleeve shirts <laughs> during the summertime. <laughs> Yeah. And how did I how did I know it was summertime? Because we were saying it. We were saying like um this uh, oh today's a beautiful day and we were wearing long sleeve shirts. So and I was like, Wow, it's it's cold. It's cold in the summer and you know, it's nowhere Maybe you envisioned well, is it that cold even in Alaska. 
Maybe you envisioned 2018. What do I envision in 2018? No, maybe that's what you saw in your vision in no. 2018. Maybe. Oh, yeah, I know. <laughs> no, it was actually a few more, it was more deeper in the future. It was like 2025-ish, mm. like that. Mm. Not too far away. Mm -hmm. Not too far away. So when you say a samadhi state, what is a samadhi state? What does that mean? It just means that you go deep into a meditative state mm -hmm. where you don't um, need to eat uh, or some people don't even need to breathe, but I think I was breathing. Um, and you just, it's a meditative state where you don't open your eyes for hours. And um, it's just deep states of consciousness merging with, you know, the universal consciousness. Mm. And then whatever comes through, comes through. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. People have this idea that when you're meditating, you shouldn't think, right? So that I understand that, that idea. But I think if you just get in a state of like, oh, I shouldn't think, I shouldn't think, don't have any thoughts or bad, stop thinking, don't think, don't think, don't think, you're actually missing a gigantic part of meditation um, what happens for me is when I get really quiet, when my mind gets quiet, we can go into how, you know, there's, how do you get your mind quiet? I, you know, that's a, obviously a really important question we can go into. But let's just say for some miracle, your mind does get quiet. So when it gets quiet, it's like all the silly, like anxious thoughts or the worrisome thoughts or the stuff that you've been, people have projected onto you or been conditioned onto you all that like quiets down and then you're able to like get a vision of something or get, and you're like, Oh, that's it. Like that's, that's, that's a clear, you get a clear sense of things right. that come through. So those things are not from, from my perspective, they're not to be pushed down or pushed away. I almost wish, I honestly wish I had a notebook sometimes when I'm meditating because the stuff that comes mm -hmm. through is just incredible. It's like we tap into this deeper collective consciousness. Mm-hmm. And, Going back to, you know, how people think, like, I don't know how to meditate or it's hard for me to meditate because I have all these thoughts coming through. But that's part of the meditation. You see, you have to let the, the thoughts come through first because essentially you're letting the mind clear itself. So the thoughts have to come through. That's the first layer. Then once you, you sit there and you let the thoughts come through, even if it's like you say, oh, well, I'm, I'll be half an hour and I'll be thinking about all this stuff. That's fine. Let it be. But guess what? The more you go into it, the less stuff you'll be a, um, uh, you'll be akin to think of. So you won't want to think of it anymore. It just naturally floats away. It's so like it's like a it's a practice. Yeah, it's like it's like um, there's a, the examples people use. I use them. There's like watching like a, like clouds passing through the blue sky is one example, or like a river stream. It's like being able to like notice the thoughts, <clears throat> but not to resist them. You know, so yes. people will get in this thing of like, it's easy to get in a space of like, this is a negative thought. I need to try to resist it. Or this is a bad thought. I need to try to resist it. But if you can be in this space of just allowing the thought to pass without resisting it, because, you know, as we talked about and other people have heard this saying, you know, the resistance creates persistence. What you resist persists and becomes stronger. So it's this interesting thing of like, 
if you have some thought that's like weird or funny or it's an- worry or anxious, can you actually just observe like a cloud passing without giving it any resistance? That's right. Actually, you know, funny that you mentioned that. I always tell people like m- many people think multiple thoughts at once, right? Mm-hmm. And anxiety that a lot of people have. So we should only be thinking one thought at a time. Uh, so, for example, um, I tell people that your thoughts should run across your mind like a ticker tape. Do you know what ticker tape is? You know how, like, they have at the stock market, the ticker yep. tape? Yep. <laughs> where they show all the stock numbers? Yep. So, essentially, that's what your thoughts should look like. It should be one after another, not one, you know, one at, coming at you, like, all the time. And that's why people either get confused or have like they forgetful they have forgetfulness or um, um, or they just you know they they're very nervous and anxious. So we need to streamline our thoughts and let the one thought come through one at a time. And I I received that again um, through uh, taking a boga. I don't know if you know what a boga is. What is that? It's a plant medicine. How do you spell it? It's a plant medicine. I-B-O-G-A. And it's plant medicine from Africa. Supposedly, it's the, it comes from the tree, the tree of life. The tree. I have heard of it actually from Africa. The tree of life. Yeah. Boga. It's it's the brother of ayahuasca. So ayahuasca is the sister of boga. And it's, it's very intense. But, um... But that I received that, you know, through that. I received so much through that process, but that was one of them. Um, but, yeah, we should only be having one thought at a time. And then, essentially, this thought becomes empowered. Because if you have so many thoughts at the same time, you lose them. Mm-hmm. You're overwhelmed by all these thoughts. But if you have the one thought, then it becomes empowered. And, we've, and we have focus. And, and then, essentially, you give that thought power. So if you're thinking about, I want to be well, I want to be well, but if you're thinking about, I want to be well, and I have to do my taxes, and I have to do this, is today's tax tax day? (laughs) You know, if you're thinking about all these things, then they they lose their power. So it's really good to just think about that one thing and and give it power. And having space around the thought, too. So it's like, it's like, it's like, there's no space to like, realize who you really are. Right, so you have that's thought, right. So then the secret, that's right. Yeah, thought, space, yeah. thought, space, thought, space. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And you know what? Even if you have more space than thought. Yep. People think if you're not thinking, you're not alive. But we could just stop thinking. If you're not thinking, you're more alive. That's my that's my perception. So, so that ties us into, um, it reminds me, I remember seeing this video of you and it was from a long time ago and it's, it's probably at that time it was your most popular video. I don't know if it, if it still is. Um, but, um, you come on and you're like, hi everybody. Like something happened to me last night. I just want to like <laughs> talk about it. <laughs> I had something. <laughs> It's called like Kundalini or something. 
<laughs> just what I tell you. So it's really amazing video. If you guys, if you haven't seen this, uh, I thought it was really sweet. So you you didn't have like any kind of spiritual background, or you hadn't like read any books, or you you didn't have any kind of knowledge, and you went into like a seminar Nothing. or a workshop. Like, tell us tell us what happened. Sure. Um, December twelfth, two thousand ten. I went to a session that Abdi Electricite was holding. Um, Alan Steinfeld was, he's a, you know, spiritual um, guy that he uh, organizes events in, in New York City. So I went, and I, it happened to be across a, the gym that I always used to go to in Soho, New York City. And it, said it was in like a ballet studio. So I went, because I knew very well, and... Um, and the moment I was there, I felt different, but I didn't understand what was happening. He didn't even do anything yet, but I just felt like different. I'm like, okay, I feel weird. And I was, uh, I was a bit agitated and everything. But then when I, when he started to um, play music and, and, and then go around touching people, I, I felt really different. He didn't even touch me yet. And now mind you, I never meditated I didn't know what a chakra was. I didn't know anything about this, you know, let's call it the spiritual world. And the moment he touched my, my mom and my sister were there because I dragged them. I don't know if I dragged them. I think they wanted to come, but it was because of me that they came. And, and my sis, he touched my sister first and she went down like, like really stiff. I don't know. I think she was a little scared. Then my mom went down, and then he came up to me. But at the time he came up to me, he didn't have to do anything. All he did was just blow on my face, and I was gone. And I could feel heat rising from the tip of my toes all the way up through my first chakra, and I was trembling. And I was having this conversation with myself, like, oh, my God, what is happening to me? Like, what is that? And then I would be like, and then I would hear another voice saying, shh, this is your, it's your time. You're ready. Let's do this. Like. I'm just, you know, changing the words a little bit, but essentially that's what it was. So I was having like this conversation with my mind versus my soul. And the soul was just like, no, no, this is, this is it. You're ready. You're ready for this. And, and, and then it was going through all my chakras and I had experience in every chakra. Um, it was an hour and a half session. So, but I could have gone for hours I was not I was not done. I mean by the time by the end of the session um when I was I was like I was trying to stand on my head. Mind you, this is a girl that used to drink cocktails <laughs> to have a good time <laughs> and to go in a meditative state. I, I had no idea what was happening to me, but at the end I did. I mean, I didn't know what Kundalini was, but I knew I was like my sister was like, what happened to you? You were hypnotized. And I was like, no, I experienced nirvana. This is what I told her. I experienced nirvana. Now, like, as a kid, I always was very interested in, like, I was very interested in Indian things. So I always used to, like, I like the Indian culture, and, but I never went into the, the uh, mystic or the spiritual side of it. So... Um, so I knew, like, a lot of the words, but in a lot of the terms and things but I didn't understand any of it um, but as soon as I had this kundalini awakening 
I would, it was like I already knew everything. I received like downloads of information or uploads. I don't know what it was, but essentially I just started remembering everything. Like information that I didn't even know where it came. I'm like, what? how did I know that? And it's, that's what Kundalini is. I, guess, I think that's why people, so many people want to have Kundalini because it activates you to uh, another level of consciousness. You know, you, you start to get superpowers. Um, you know, your, your mind is, a, I, say, I say like you become, uh, you receive higher intelligence. I think because, I mean, I don't know for a fact, but I'm pretty sure that your brain starts to activate in different ways. Um, you know, the, our electrical system, the Kundalini affects your electrical system. You know, it runs up and down your spine. And so all of your meridians, all of your electrical system is awakened. And so when you do that, of course, where does it go to? It goes to your brain. Because your brain holds on to all the electrical um, wires, if you will. So essentially, you become more intelligent. You, you can heal faster. It's like you become like superhuman. It's very interesting. And, <laughs> but it's a process. It's not easy. And you have to go. It it's, could be grueling as well. Like I, every single day, Kundalini was acting up with me. From that moment that I had the Kundalini, I would literally be shaking, like having seizures in my, anywhere, in my bed. I, I would go to work. I was working at Google at the time. I would go to work and they they would have meetings and all I would hear is wah, 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 wah. I'm like, what the hell's going on here? <laughs> I was leaving my body. So I couldn't hear anything. So all these crazy things were happening to me. I was, you know, I was, I was getting beings come visit me. I didn't know who they were. I'm like, who are, you know, I, but I, but then I didn't know who they were. It's like a remembrance. It was a remembrance process, but I was never scared. You see, that's the whole thing. I was never scared. And most people are scared of all this. They're scared of the, you know, having seizures. They're scared of having beings come visit them. They're scared of, of their own power. So I was never scared. So that's what allowed everything to come, kind of come through and just, but you know, it's all, it's all, it's your fate, it's your destiny. You know, I'm just awakening to what I was in a past life or a past life before. People was like, why can't I receive that? Why, why, why do you receive it? Why can't I? Well, first of all, it's, it's all destined when it's supposed to happen. You know, like you had your moments where you just popped. Yeah? Yeah, totally. <clears throat> I think a lot, I think one thing that's difficult, I think one thing for people to realize is, for many people, not everybody, but for many people, it happens right after your most difficult period. They say there's a saying like the dark night of the soul, right? So it's like, so that's, I think it's important for people who are listening to realize that if you feel like you're really going through a really difficult time or you're really like, you know, so far off, oftentimes you're the people that are the closest. You're like right there on the edge, you know, because the way I see that this works is we think that we're a person 
oh, we have an illusionary sense of a separate self. This is me. This is you. I'm in this little container. I'm in this little body. You're in that little body over there. You're in New Jersey. I'm in Pennsylvania. This person's there. there. So we have this. <laughs> and then we feel like we feel so terrible. <clears throat> why do we feel terrible? Because we're we're because it's not true. That's why we feel terrible. So because we're living something that's not true, we feel like we feel really terrible. And we're trying to control things. We're trying to make this effort to change things. But we can't do it because the person that's trying to do it doesn't actually really exist, right? So it's like this Kundalini awakening. The first thing that's really interesting about it is the stories. The, the story that you're telling is a story that's similar to almost every story I've I've heard, which is contrary to what people think. So the person, like in your case, didn't really have any prior knowledge or wasn't really trying to make a lot of effort. It's actually when you're when you're totally relaxed and open that you realize who you really are. Why why does it happen when you're totally relaxed and open? Because it is who you really are. So it's just like, oh, you're just realizing, oh, this is me. You have a chance to actually just see yourself and, and look at yourself without all this effort and struggle and trying to make things happen. So that's really fascinating. But then I also think that the the one thing that's that is interesting is often people are in certain conditions. So it could be a retreat, it could be a, some kind of workshop. It, it's something where you feel supported, but it's also something when you're not trying to make it happen. You're not pushing, you're not making effort. That's, that's ego, right. you know? And then the second, right. the second component is after that, there's what I would call like the integration. And that's where like all these things can arise mm -hmm. and you know, there's, the, the, it can feel difficult or challenging or trying to understand with your mind what happened. You know, so that's a whole other phase after that's also like just really fascinating. Yeah. So, you know, um, you know, my my life was not difficult. <laughs> so mm -hmm. let me explain what the period I was in. Mm -hmm. I had a TV show airing on TLC. I was engaged to. A guy, if I had to write it on paper at the time, at the time, it he would have been perfect for me. I was living in a luxurious building in New York City. I was, I was making a lot of money. My health was perfect. Um, I don't know. I was just, everything was just perfect. Perfect. Um, but a week before I had Kundalini, I went into this state of like weird, I just, I didn't understand what was going on. I started to get sick. Um, me, I just like had this constant cold I, uh, that would not go away. Like my energy was really low. I, I broke up with my fiance. I moved out of my apartment. I was thinking of, of closing down my business and I was totally depressed. It was only a week, though. Yeah. One week. Mm -hmm. All this happened yep. in a week. And then I had a Kundalini awakening. But, so essentially, I just kind of shut down my reality. I'm like, this is not good enough. Like, I'm not, I'm still not happy. Yeah. My life is perfect. I'm still not happy. Yeah. Yeah, that's an interesting and then, thing. Yes, what happened then? Actually, actually, a lot of people. Look, Buddha. Buddha, he had to leave his riches his lifestyle to get to really get to know what is life really about mm -hmm. i mean he had to meditate for the, on that but i don't think he had kundalini awakening he didn't but 
but you know, it was grace that gave it to me because God knew, God knew that I wasn't going to meditate for it. Yeah. So he's like, I'm just going to give it to her. Yeah. Yeah. We Lucky know, me. Too, I just wanted to put, also, if anyone has any questions or comments at any time, feel free to type them in there and uh, we'll get to, we'll get to them. Thanks for being here. It's so much more fun with, yes. with all of you here. Um, yeah. This sense of like, everything like there's the external world and everything can seem perfect on the external world you know but right. the external world isn't where it's at you know the internal world is what's is where is is the core like in the internal world means realizing who you really are and living from that place so it's just so fascinating how we put so much emphasis on these external things which have their place but it's not what's most important you know it's not what's most important for fulfillment that's right. And it's funny because I, <clears throat> since I was a little girl, I always had these dreams and these goals, you know, like I wanted to be an actress. I wanted to, um, you know, live in New York City in a, and, you know, do this and do that. And, and I, and I got everything I ever want. I, I just, I, every, I fulfilled every wish and still I'm like, I'm, I'm not satisfied what is it? And I, I was just in the biggest funk of my whole life. And, and then Kundalini happened. And I knew why I wasn't satisfied. Because the material world doesn't give you happiness. Happiness is, is, honestly, I don't even search for happiness anymore. The only thing that I want is peace. Because happiness is just the opposite of sadness. It's a volatile state of emotion. So peace is the is the still lake. That's all I want to be. I think I think what you just said is really important, and I think that's something that I I try to communicate as well. I intend to communicate as well. Is happiness is not where it's at. It's like it's kind of like an ocean, and there's like this surface level, and the the, the surface level those emotions are always changing. I feel happy. Oh, I feel sad. I feel happy. I feel sad. It's like there's something mm -hmm. that like if you're mm -hmm. if you're just chasing these emotions all the time, you're never going to have any kind of sense of first of all freedom, peace, love, yes. empowerment. But you when you recognize the still the still point at the bottom of the ocean that doesn't move, that doesn't undulate up and down, then you can still be aware of the changing emotions, but it doesn't really matter what the emotional state is. It's, 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 it's something that's ever changing, but you recognize the essence of yourself, right? Which is unchanging. That's right. So essentially people, like you said, are always chasing the happiness, but we don't need to chase the happiness. What's most important is just finding that inner peace and inner peace comes with a lot of things. You know, you have to, change the way you think you have to cha perhaps change the way you eat or you know your habits or it could even be you're changing your environment the point is is that we must find that inner peace we must find that peace within peace without and then everything starts to shift everything you start to realize that you don't need as much as you need as you thought you needed people like get so um obsessed with trying to chase a goal or something like this. You know, that that's another thing that's like, you know, there's a lot of new agers or let's call them coaches or whatever. They say like, you know, you have, you have to, there's goals in your life that you have to um, reach. And I don't believe in that. You know, I think that 
everything that you have is what exactly what you need. And essentially, if you, if you receive more, it's a gift. And so then you feel good about it. But you have to just keep working at things. But the, the goal is just to find the peace and, and be um, enjoying the, the space that you're in at the moment. Because if you're constantly chasing something, you're never going to find that peace. It's like chasing the happiness. And so I, I, always, um, I always cringe every time I see goals, the word goals. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's interesting because we live in a world of past, future, and present. It's kind of like it's kind of like the same thing with the ocean metaphor. It's like there's a sense of like you know the the waves on the top going up and down, and then at the bottom there's the stillness that's not affected by the waves. So it's like there's a sense, this mental sense of like future, past, present. Like in order to come together today, we had to we had to plan it on the calendar. Okay, you know, in the future, this future Tuesday, we're going to meet. That's right. So there's some <laughs> sense of like future. There's some sense of past. And yet at the same time, underneath this recognition that it's not real. Like, can you speak to that for a little bit? Like, it's like there is future, there is past. We're obviously dealing it in every day. But yet on another deeper level, we know that it's it's not all there is is now. That's right. Well, essentially. You know, the, the idea of time is, is really like a, an implementation of the ego acting out. So we only, we're only in this, this um, reality of time because we have to, quote-unquote, work or um, we have to do things, yeah? But let's say if we were um, a squirrel, Okay. A squirrel doesn't wake up in the morning and say, oh, it's time to, to, to do my laps, time to play with my friends, time to collect those acorns. No. All it does, in, it has an instincts, and it follows those instincts, like an intuition. Let's call it that. Okay? They have, like, these intuitions. They, could, they follow uh, magnetic fields. That's you there? Yeah, I'm it's here. Frozen for you. I'm here. Keep going. I wonder if I'm frozen. No, you're not frozen. You're moving. Or are you frozen? Maybe you are frozen. Now you're frozen. But you're talking about these these fields that that arise. So there's a sense of time and the future and past and and yet there's a sense of the now. You know that's that's ever present. That's 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 here. So I just find that really fascinating in the sense of a goal potentially, you know, for the future or a moment in the future. Um, if you're really grounded in the present, if you're grounded in the present moment, if you're grounded in the sense of the journey itself, the fulfillment is in the journey itself, not in a future endpoint. So, you know, having a sense of goals, having a sense of this is what I want to accomplish today, and yet I'm deeply, fully engaged in the process itself, in the journey itself, in the, in the, the movement itself, you know, and, and that that's totally changes the way you approach your day, the way you approach your week, and the level of fulfillment that comes into being. And part of that is embracing the challenges. Part of that is it's, it's embracing um, 
that the that the journey could be challenging, it could be difficult, it could be easy, it could be smooth. Um, in my case, I've been I've been embracing and enjoying things that are challenging, things that are difficult, in a way that I that I hadn't necessarily in the past. So there's a sense of um, it's kind of like if you play a game. Like, let's say it's like you're playing, like, uh, let's say basketball. I've been watching basketball lately. So <clears throat> if I'm playing basketball against a three-year-old, I'll enjoy it much more if I'm playing basketball against someone that's kind of the same, similar skill level to me than if I'm playing against someone who's three-year-old. It's not really even – it's not really that – it's fun. You know, so I think if we embrace the challenges that life brings – and the challenge is here to evolve our consciousness, to evolve and grow and expand in our consciousness. Then, um, it's it's it brings another level of something that something activates inside us that doesn't arise if we're in a sense of oh this shouldn't be happening, this is bad, this is wrong, this isn't the way it's supposed to be. You know, everything should go like this. Everything should always be easy. Everything should always be smooth. So, um, you know, just been enjoying embracing that that um, way of looking at things. Um, and I think it's like another level of maturity, another level of maturity that arises when you, um, there's one of the, one of the, the sayings you'll hear a lot when you get into non-duality circles is accept what is, be with what is, accept what is and be with what is. And as you go deeper and deeper into that question, it's such a simple statement but as you go deeper and deeper in that, in that, into, that, uh, into that statement, you notice the areas, and they can be so subtle, the areas where you feel like something should not be the way it is, the way you feel like something should be different than it is. Why does it got to be so difficult? You know, why does it have to be so hard? Why does it have to be so challenging? Why does it have to, everything have to be so, you know, it's like there's this thing inside us that thinks things should be easy, right? But, Things should be as they are. Things should be as they are. They're here as they are, and they should be as they are. And so um, the deeper we can embrace what's here as it's here, then we go deeper in this thing of being with what is, and we go deeper into the sense of peace and freedom, um, love and empowerment that Val was talking about beyond the, um, beyond the temporary passing conditions you know, that arise and fall and that come and go. And that appear and disappear. Suffer it to be so now. Jesus. Suffer it to be so now. Elizabeth's saying why. What are you saying why to you? And Val, I'm trying to, I'm connecting you. I'm trying to connect you back on. Looks like your camera is not available at the moment. So it's really a way of, of being in a space where your mind is, is quiet. Quiet not to say that nothing's happening. Quiet to say that the resistance is not there, that the resistance is not there, that there's a sense of, of – um, says your camera is not on, Val. It says can't bring – Valerie on camera. 
So as soon as your camera comes back on, I'll have you back on. Um, yeah, the mind quiets, and there's this sense of thought arising from space, as we talked about earlier, and not having a sense of resistance around it. Not having a sense of resistance around it means there's a sense of being with what is without the sense of something being weighed down or being the heaviness around it. So it's like, the, it's, it's kind of the opposite of the way we tend to think of it as, oh, if I have more knowledge, if I accumulate more information, if I attach myself to more ideas and information, then I'll have a, um, I'll have a, I'll have a better sense of how to move and move in the world in a more fluid, effective, efficient way. But it's actually the opposite. It's actually like a process of unknowing, a process of innocence consciousness. And as you come into this process of innocence consciousness, um, and it really is the creative energy, like an artist, you know, so like people like Robin or painters who are with us right now, there's a sense of like just being present where there's a sense of what wants to move next, moving through you in the moment, what wants to move next, moving through you in the moment right now, and then offering that, offering that to the world, being present in the world. Let me read some of the, uh, the comments here. I am painting and my mom is sculpting while we are listening and we are in the zone, not wanting to be, not wanting the art to be done, just enjoying the process and listening to you guys is even sweeter. That's awesome, Robin. I think that, um, that the way I like to, the way I like to translate that is, um, is to live as a life artist. So the way we can, the way we can paint, the way we can move, the way we can, um, project art in the world. Um, whether it's painting or photography or film or, you know, et cetera, is the way we can live our lives, being a life artist. So having that creative sense of being in the flow, being in the zone, and, and, and sharing ourselves in that way. Let's see if I can bring Val on. Val, it says your camera's not on. I don't see it. There's not a camera to invite you. So I'm not sure why that's the case, but um, as soon as I can, as soon as your camera is there, then uh, I'll have you back on. Elizabeth says, "I just happened to have a minute to catch you. I miss these times together. I am asking why it has to be so hard." Okay, I'll get to that in just a second. And he says, I like to say to myself, now it's like this, keeps me present and reaching for the next moment or holding on too tightly to the one before. Yeah, absolutely. Elizabeth says, moving somewhere but have no clue where. So... Why does that have to be so hard? I think it's a really interesting question. And there's a sense of, okay, let's see if we can get Val back on. Yeah, you're back. 
Hi. I don't know what happened. <laughs> Here we are in this moment. Sorry about that. In this moment. So I don't know what that cut off. I was like, I just saw your frozen face. I'm like, oh no, where did I lose uh, him? Yeah, I don't know. We're, we're just talking about goals and future and past and appreciating the journey. And Hi. Elizabeth's asking why it has to be so hard. So it's getting into that. And yeah. What? Why does what have Life. to be so hard? Yeah. Life? Because we're here to learn lessons. Yes, that's what I was saying. Exactly. So, like, if you can embrace, yeah. you can embrace it as if you embrace the challenge instead of resisting, like, oh, it shouldn't be this way. Especially if you're in a big transition. I happen to know Elizabeth a little bit, and she's in a major transition. A lot of people can relate to. Um, she was in a marriage for a long time and is transitioning into some things that are, you know, trying to make a new life and a new start for herself. So these things are challenging, you know. I think that's that's the interesting thing is like spiritual awakening for me. I find that there's this sense of like it's interesting how to, it's how do you speak about it? It's the the wording is challenging, but in a way it's like in a way and it's because there's two things at the same time. In a way it's like just the infinite, but in another sense I actually feel like more human now than ever. It's like more connected to what's happening in the world, more connected to people, more just more present. You know, so if you can like embrace, just embrace the challenge, as you say, and like embrace the lessons and okay, we're here to evolve in our consciousness. We're here to evolve and awaken in our consciousness. It just gives a different, it just gives a different feel to, to life, you know? Yeah, I think, you know, I think people make them challenging. The challenge really is all in your head. So it's a challenge, yes, when you someone's sick and you see them dying and you, all, you could, all you could think of is how you could help them and how you can make them better. And then, you know, there, there are things that happen in our lives that are, could be traumatic and, um, and you know, affect your, your well-being, your happiness, your peace, your balance, emotional balance. Um, but that's... You have to always look at everything as God's will. Totally. Because otherwise it wouldn't have happened. So when there's a surrender of God's will, then we can start to kind of sit back a little bit. Because we always, we're always trying to control everything. You know, our egos always want to try to control everything. But the thing is that some things we cannot control. If somebody is going to die, then they're going to die. It's that's their timing. That's it. Are you, yeah, am I with here. you? I don't know if I can. Okay. But you know, there's some things that you can co-create or design or, or be part of that um, manifestation, clearance, healing or whatever. And then that you can, then that empowers you and you can, you know, shift and change the situation at will. And that's actually a um, basically a transmuting or trans um, transgressing um, the, the experience and potentially even um, uh, transmuting the karma that's with it. That's beautiful. But some things, you know, if it's not, if it's happening outside of you, if it's not, if you're not, 
If it's something that someone else is dealing with, that's their own karma. You cannot control that. But if something that's happening to you, then you have some power in that. But you have to bring in levels of higher consciousness into it. Okay, what is it? What it why am I holding on to, let's say, cancer? Because I know a lot of people who are dealing with that. Why am I holding on to cancer? Am I angry? Am I, um, is it something with a, some past life or genetic um, thing that I have to trans transcend? Is it, you know, it's always an emotion or something that we're doing or eating or in a certain environment. There's always something to do. But you have to bring that consciousness there. You can, oh, let's just go to the doctor and let them heal me. Or I give up. Or, you know, you have to, you have to be proactive and, and bring that levels of higher consciousness. Well, I'm glad you, um, you appreciate that, Elizabeth. <laughs> I see your comments. <laughs> so back to your story so you 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 had this kundalini awakening you're kind of like integrating it and then how do you start to share your yourself you how do you start so at some point you start to share this so how, how does that happen you know right after i had kundalini awakening i got pregnant and so i was um you know just being pregnant and then i was a mom and then one day, um, I went back to a, uh, a Abdi session, and during that session, I heard a voice. It's time for you to heal now. That those are the quote unquote the voice that I heard, and I was hearing voices a lot. Like I say, it's God's voice, and and I was like, whoa, my ego needs to to, needs to calm down. <laughs> Because I understood that I had to get up and heal the people in the room, just like he was. And and then, not even like a 60 seconds later, Abdi comes up to me and goes, get up and heal people. So I was like, oh, okay. And so from then, I just felt like this energy bubbling up inside of me, like all the time, like whenever I had to do something, it just would bubble up. I, I had no control over it. Um, it was never coming from my head. It was always like just an energy that was just wanting to be expressed and come out. And then the energy started telling me things. Okay, you need to make a session. And I remember the first session I had was in October of 2014. And I was like, and so God was telling me, you need to do a session on this date. And then it was one thing, of, you need to do a retreat in the Catskill Mountains. You need to do a retreat in Italy. It was just kept going like this. And... So I don't do anything that comes from my ego. It's just a voice that I, or a spirit source talking to me. And anytime I do something that comes from my ego, essentially whatever that has, whatever that was um, planned gets canceled. So I know not to bother with my head. <laughs> so it's just, it's pushing, you know, it's a push. And not, a lot of people think that, oh, you know, how could she be so public and then, you know, be so connected to source but you know it seems so like you just be to, to be such a public person yeah um it's just the push i i'm i'm a vehicle i'm i'm god's tool if you will you know i'm just doing the service you know i don't live a lavish lifestyle and just like many healers um you know i live very modestly uh, so but the thing is, I'm still satisfied. I don't need more than what I have. Beautiful. You know, I used to have all these beautiful clothes and all kinds of, 
you know, handbags and shoes. I don't care. I wear the same thing almost every day. I don't even care. <laughs> I really don't. I, I mean, I think I wore this shirt like three times this week. I don't care. <laughs> it doesn't matter. You know, it, for me, all that matters is that I'm happy. I have my peace and I have my health. And then, of course, everybody else around me as well. I care about them as well. But we have to, you know, the whole thing about being selfish is really like a ridiculous word. Because, yes, if you're selfish in the, in the, in the way of the ego, the way the ego um, expresses it, yes, then it's terrible. But if you're selfish that you're taking care of yourself and your own happiness, your own peace, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, because I totally agree because... As you get into this deeper level of awakening, this, you know, people call oneness, right? It's like myself is yourself. So if I'm if I'm taking care of myself, by the mm -hmm. way, I, I normally darken the screen. I don't know quite what happened, but I'm still here um, for those that are watching. <laughs> um, uh, so, yeah, you, you have a sense of, of taking care of yourself is the same as taking care of, so, of someone else, right? It's like this, this, this divide of being like, oh, me or someone else, me or someone else. It's like, well, someone else is you. You are That's someone right. else. So take care of yourself. You That's take care right. Of yourself, you're taking care of everyone. Yeah. Like, like they, when they, and you know what? It's like when they go on the yeah. airplane, it's like they tell the mother to put the mask on herself first, right? Take care mm -hmm. of herself. That's right. And you know, um, as we, as we go deeper and deeper into the spiritual, um, awakening or ascension, we start to realize that, we have to take care of ourselves because mentally, physically, emotionally, and only because we are chosen, if you will, um, to be an example to those around us. And, you know, we're going to be the example. So how people start to eat, how people start to use money, how people start to speak and, and interact with others. So we're going to be that example. And so therefore, we're, we're always in volatile states, uh, especially going through ascension symptoms. I'm sure so many people can relate to this. And we're constantly dealing with all kinds of emotions and, you know, of course, health issues and all kinds of things because we're experimenting. We're totally experimenting on how to eat and how to deal with new, um, new conscious relationships and how to deal with you know, whatever's happening energetically, we're like guinea pigs for this new era of spiritual age. Uh, so we have to take care of ourselves. Beautifully. Yeah, totally, totally agree. I, I, and I love this movement of the integration of spirit with body, you know, spirit, mind, body, spirit as one, this holistic approach to living. So I think that's something that, you know, you and I are both um, – represent is a sense of like yeah we're spirit but also we're we're manifesting a spirit in the physical form so taking care of the vehicle taking care of the you know nutrition and exercise and um meditation and yoga and all these things you know like there it's like it's almost like a, a way to to care for our, our our vehicle is like almost like a way to care for something that god created right like the body's a temple that's right. Yeah. Temple, isn't it? Temple. You know, and what about the other thing we were talking about when we were in Cranford? We were talking about um, community, building the community. Yeah. Yeah, it's huge. It's 
and how that yeah that's really big and how so many people are wanting to be around like-minded like vibration people mm-hmm. and makes it easier for us especially financially and especially people with children you know like they always say it takes a whole village takes a village to raise a child and you know i'm a single mom so uh i can totally relate to that that you know i you know that i actually need a quote unquote village to help raise my daughter because we all need to be doing our work as well as being um you know a mother or father or a sister or brother we also need to be doing our service as well yeah we're we're um and, if you you know look at us we're we're tribal we're tribal people we're 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 meant to live in community we're not meant to be isolated even the nuclear family in my opinion is not enough it's like there's a sense of like needing to be in groups of people and community of people children need yeah. that adults need that it's it's the way we're, we're we're mammals you know and it's the way that we're we're here we're here to live and there's a sense of belonging there's a sense of of being able to contribute that's like the highest level of of fulfillment for human being when i really looked into it deeply like what is the highest level so we feel like we're contributing something we if we don't feel like we're contributing something it doesn't have to be much it could be making a meal for somebody it could be you know listening to somebody that wants that wants to hear what you have to you know that's listening to somebody that has something they need to say to speak to it doesn't have to be like oh i'm gonna like you know take us to mars or something it can be really simple things but if you feel like you're making a contribution there's a sense of fulfillment like i get a lot of fulfillment out of this because it feels like i'm making a contribution you know and i i know you feel the same way and i think i think you I, I have to get my charger your charger yes <laughs> um why don't you tell us because what, my, my phone's about to stop. tell us what you're doing these days that feels like you're making a contribution you have the youtube series yeah. that you're doing so how i'm making doing. yeah Definitely. So the the biggest contribution I'm making right now is um is doing this show called In the Flow. And this show is basically about it's an original drama um based on a woman who has a kundalini awakening and she goes through this process um through meeting all these different healers. And um and I think a lot of people can relate to this. and she she happens to have an illness she has cancer and that's why she starts to see all these healers but through this healing through visiting all these healers she has a kundalini awakening so the way the way i um the the reason why we're doing this is to elevate healers around the world is to really bring um healers light workers people like you and me um to give them that respect and show the world that uh that alternative holistic healing is um just as good if not better than going to see a doctor and um and that living a spiritual life doesn't mean to you know do prayers every day but to be conscious and present because this woman uh who who I play. Her name is Kiara Tomiso. She has she's living on top of the world, but yet she's getting sick. And her life is deteriorating. And so she starts to become more conscious and she starts to become more present and she just starts to do these small shifts in her life. And then of course, seeing healers as well. 
people that can help her motivate her she has a you know friend that kind of a, who's played by Alan Steinfeld um he he kind of pushes her and shows her you're not you're not connecting to your true self and it's it's really interesting and and it's very um it's a very new paradigm of way of doing a film series because we're going to have a healing in each each episode and we we basically um invite actors that are real healers so every episode there's an actual there's an actual transmission of healing in the in that process of watching so it's really beautiful and i'm really excited for the people um to watch this i i hope it it hits mass because that's the goal is to really show the the sleeping ones that um that healing is not so taboo it's not is not a new age thing it's actually a now age thing i like to call it the now age i i, I totally i have to say now age absolutely yes yes to that you know I've, they always say they always make you know fun of these ideas uh, oh that is so new age or whatever but you know it's funny cuz the new age is really ancient age and really we're not even tapping into ancient age we're really, really tapping in right now and so in the flow is going to be something that is going to shift how series film series are are being made and how their um the stories that are aligned with it uh it's just going to be totally it's going to blow people out of the water they're going to be like what is this uh so it's it's i'm excited for it you know we're going to have a like crystal bowl healer in the first episode you literally could feel the energy coming through the screen it's like you're having a, your own healing and then you know kiara who i play i go through this kundalini awakening and people tell me when they when they've seen the screening of it um they said that they could feel the energy coming through my kundalini um activation so it's um it's going to be interesting awesome is there <laughs> is there like a channel like a link for a channel people can watch it yeah so right so there's a website it's in the flow stories.com in the flow stories.com and you Yeah. So um so Richard Burns and I have been creating this for 2 years and we we basically are at the finish line of a 1 hour episode which is basically the uh, length of a feature of a feature feature length yeah. film. But it's it's been purely like hard work, passion and um you know with our own funds and our own you know we haven't we have some contributors which we're very grateful to but it's it's only a fraction of what what we um contributed ourselves and but we're we're so grateful for any donation or anyone that helps out with the process so um it's been a labor of love let's put it that way <laughs> that's awesome that's uh, yeah i love hearing how It's like you you have you're on this you kind of on this path of just you know the kind of everyday you know average person and you have this awakening um to your true essence kundalini awakening and then now bring it back where you're sharing through 
uh, a series, an episode yeah. that shows from having Kundalini, you're giving that to other people, you yeah. know, like kind of full circle. I really love seeing that. You know, Brian, I told you I was an actress. Yeah. Um, I'm a SAG actress. So I'm basically, I'm in the union. You know, people's like, I'm an actress, but I'm, I'm officially an actress where I get paid for it. <laughs> but essentially, I thought I would never act again. Yep. After Kundalini, I said, that's done. I'm done with that. Because I can, I can never deal with the industry. It's just too dark, too uh, um, controlled and, and contrived. Yeah. Yes, exactly. But it, look, I'm doing it on my own. And that was like the best way of, for me to express um, myself and whatever needs the story that needs to come through to help people. Because that's all I ever want to do is help yep. people. Yeah. That's all I want to do. Yeah. <laughs> hey, really, one last thing. It's kind of subject shift. But um, you were telling me about dry fasting. And I was like so fascinated by it. And um, I asked you, what, what is it? What is it? And you like sent me this whole like amazing thing. And I'm like, did you write that? And you're like, well, kind of. I kind of like channeled it. So just like, what is dry fasting? Tell us well, about it. And you've, and you've been experimenting with it as well. Yeah. So actually, you know, dry fasting, they the um, the Jewish community has been doing it for a long time. Mm -hmm. So it's been happening, you know, for over 2,000 years. Um, and they do it, I think, like once or twice a year. But essentially, it's to uh, your body, when it eats, it, it absorbs the nutrients, the water, and um, uh, whatever else into the cells. And the cells take on this, this living organism, if you will, and create and start to, and the cells start to shift and change through what you eat. But when you dry fast, the cells have nothing to take from whatever you're eating. And so the cells start to depend on their, on their own selves. And your body also does the same thing. So the body depends on its own water, its own nutrients. And so what it, could, what it does is it shifts and changes those, the water and the, and the cellular structure of your body into a... Um, uh, survival mode so the 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 basically it's a purification process um, it doesn't it doesn't take on from anything outside the body and so it releases the toxins that doesn't need and restores the original water or um, nutrients or whatever it is the the protein that you have in the body and purifies that because it says, okay, well, I have to, I have to generate something here. So I'm going to just regenerate whatever I have and make it, make it good for whatever I, ha I, I need to do. You know, it's, it goes into survival mode. Hmm. So it's safely, it's safe to say to do a dry fast for three days. I wouldn't go up beyond that because some people have, you know, I don't know what their physical or their health looks like, but to say, safely dry fast for and probably reasons. start and if you really say probably um, start smaller than that too to start with and work your way towards that would be that. up yes so exactly that's that would say that's the limit but you i did it for one day and then i went off of it for another day and then i went back to it for one day um but i i don't have a, an issue with it because you see also when we do this we are activating our internal prana 
Okay, so prana, our internal energy. So essentially, we're allowing for the body to become self uh, solar, self um, energetic. Yeah. Okay, so people think, oh, if I don't eat, I'm, I feel like I'm going to faint. It's not true. It's only because your your emotions or your um, you know your uh, it's like an addiction. Your programming. Yeah, it's an addiction. It's like it's your, it, but your body's programmed yeah. to eat. It doesn't need to eat. It's programmed to eat. So you're basically shutting down the program, reconditioning yourself. And then, as soon as you take the first bite of food, you restart the program again. <laughs> it's really fast. But yeah, nutrition in general is just such yeah, a fascinating exactly. subject. Some of the thoughts is something that like. I've been diving into, and I know you've been diving into, and I just saw some posts that you're doing some dry fasting in the past like month or so, and you're doing it for a day here and two there, just the clarity that you felt. And, and to answer Annie's question, yes, it, it means not drinking water, not, not putting anything inside, inside your oh, body. Yeah. So, um, so that's, yeah. Not even brushing not your Not even teeth. brushing your teeth. Oh, so fun. No. Or shower. Or, or a shower. shower. Even better. Love it. Yeah, because your skin absorbs water. So yeah, I, so no mm. no water intake at all. That's so fascinating. Well, I might have to try it and let her it know is. like what what happens. Yeah. And if I don't, I think you'll do I great. Appear in the next episode. That means it didn't go well. <laughs> that would, that's just funny. Yeah. That's just funny. you'll be fine. You you're gonna feel fantastic actually. Yeah. You know, when I fast, my energy level just booms. That's why I actually eat. I eat to ground. Because if I don't eat, oh, my gosh, I'm just like, a, yeah, I'm just out of control. Yeah. Well, Val, thanks so much for but being here. You. It's so awesome. Thank you. you I love talking to you, love Brian. Love talking to you, too. Love it. Thanks, everyone else, for being here. ValSecrets.com. You can check that yeah, out thank on, the, you guys. on the link below and check out. Maybe you could put in the link for the, the YouTube, too. Just put it in a, as a comment. Sure. Yep. And someone, yep, has, a, we'll someone has a comment. Someone has a question here. Okay. One last question, if you want to answer it. Awakening of Kundalini. Okay, what is how it? has it changed your worldview? How has your perception changed? From Seema Haspir. Oh, my gosh. That's a book. <laughs> Maybe in like oh, wait, a I minute guess. or two. Uh, everything changed. Literally everything. I realized that, again, the material world was just pure, um, you know, satisfaction of the ego. And and I, I, I realized that love is the answer to all, um, that we should all be... I realized that we would all, we're all one and no, no one is actually is, is separate from me. And that um, it's all an illusion that this, everything that we are living in is a, is a, is created through our own consciousness and that we have a lot to learn while we're here. <laughs> beautiful, beautiful way to close out. Thank you, Val. Thank you, Brian. Thank you, everyone. Thank you all for being here. Episode 143 in the so-called books. Uh, it's been really fun. Check out the links at the bottom to plug in deeper. Love and appreciate you all so much. 
see you next week. Same time. You can check out the replay on YouTube, on SoundCloud, on iTunes, uh, and other, other places online. See ya.